a Packers fan, it is Black Monday. Something I don't think we expected to be talking about today. I know I didn't. But the reality is it's here. What an incredible weekend of divisional round football playoffs. I mean, there's a reason that the NFL is king, and this weekend was it. I mean, if you are just a fan of football, it was an unbelievably special weekend. Every team had a walk-off win. Everyone. It, it was it was incredible. It was incredible. Uh, unfortunately, the team that we were following had a walk-off loss. In the snow, in their conditions, in a perfect situation, it was a walk-off loss and an absolute gut punch. And uh, yesterday, for those that follow, and those that uh, followed it, I appreciate it. But uh, I sat down. I was. It was funny because I woke up uh, yesterday morning, and it was still still somewhat surreal that uh, that the Packers lost. I, I just, it, it's it's not whining. It's not crying about it. It's just there's a reality to all of this, and the reality was that the Packers were this team, this juggernaut that was supposed to be getting all these guys back. And I kept saying it feels too good to be real. Don't pinch me and wake, wake me up. And the 49ers certainly did. But the, the things that we uh, – winning cures a lot. And I get this a lot. And, and I'm going to – this is where I wag my finger a little bit. So pardon me, but I'm going to. When the Packers get wins and I say – this didn't look right. That didn't look right. This is problematic. That's problematic. And I get I get this all the time. Oh, my God, it sounds like they lost. What's wrong with you? It's a win. Yeah, it's a win. But when we talk about the same thing over and over again and there's a problem and you can see it, at some point you know that problem will be exploited by a really good coach. And that problem was initiated in San Francisco when they had the walk-off field goal. And at the time, I had said the right side of the offensive line looked bad. The blocking was bad. That kick was almost blocked. And I got FU'd. I got they won. You're always a downer. And I, I, I'm i like, okay, you know, look, hey, they're winning football games. I'm going to pick them to win. I pick them to, I pick them to win by 10. But I, it, it's always a punch in the face when you go, I should have stuck with my gut. Because there's always a reality to some things. And we talked about it all season long, how bad the special teams have been. And not only were they exploited, they were embarrassed. Absolutely, positively embarrassed. Matt LaFleur, not Mo Drayton, Matt LaFleur, should be ashamed of himself. He was outcoached. He was out-schemed. And for a guy that knew the problems, he was asked about it continuously. And Red China, they keep talking about, well, we're doing this, we'll do that. I'm going to put starters out there. Well, we're going to get that fixed. I'm going to do that. You, know, no, you didn't do anything. You changed a few guys around, but, you know, you didn't do anything. And you saw the same problems again. And you got exploited. And you got beat. Now, go to the second portion of this. They could have won 
had the defense played the way they did and the offense played the way they were capable of. And the special teams would have been bad and they still would have won the game. They could have won the game had the offense been bad and the special teams been good enough, mistake-free. They could have won the game. But you couldn't fail in two phases of the game and say defense go win a, a, a game. The defense did everything they could, everything they could to win that to, to win that ball game, everything they could. Now the next question is, what about Aaron Rodgers and what about the future? Um, I, I'll admit, and and I I have been defensive of this for a long time that I've always said, look, Aaron Rodgers. You go through the NFC Championship games. You know, this game wasn't his fault. That game wasn't his fault. Defense was bad. They couldn't stop the run. He willed them there. They shouldn't have been in an NFC Championship game. You know, go back to 2014. You know, Julius Peppers telling Morgan Burnett to go down. Clay Matthews pulling himself out of the game. Bostic going up to get the ball when they told him not to. All those things out of Aaron Rodgers' control. Last year and this year, Rodgers was a, a sub-performer. You know what he reminded me of? a great regular season Dan Marino who couldn't win a championship. Is he nothing more than Dan Marino with one ring? Because what I saw yesterday with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, what we saw with Joe Burrow, what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo, what we saw with Tom Brady, what we saw with Matthew Stafford, was great quarterback play when they needed him the most. Dink, dunk, tight end, wide receiver, back out of the backfield, whatever it is they could do, scramble, run, throw sidearm, almost submarine, anything and everything to will your team to victory. And instead we saw Aaron Rodgers again. Granted, um, you know, some of the guys, Lazard was covered and Cobb was covered, but you're going to throw a double-team coverage to Devontae Adams, completely downfield, third and 10, third and 11, third and five, go deep, same old crap. Doesn't work, but you're going to continue to do it. Now, uh, I am not going to say that's all on Aaron Rodgers. Because obviously the plays are being called to send them downfield, uh, also, Matt LaFleur, you had an offensive line that was pretty damn good all season long, even though it was patchwork. I get it. You get some of your starters back, but those starters weren't ready to play. It was obvious. Rodgers was under pressure all day long. They got their asses whipped in the trenches. And you didn't make an adjustment. Not Yash Nyman, who had done yeoman's work all season long, sat on the bench. Sat on the bench. You know, I, we can talk about Mo Drayton all you want, but this one, to me, put it right at the feet of Matt LaFleur and right at the lack of performance from Aaron Rodgers. Mo Drayton, that, that, that special team stinks. I, hands down. Hands down. But everything else, nah. Josh Nyman never saw a snap. Never saw a snap. Billy Turner and Dennis Kelly were your two guys. Billy Turner coming back from injury. Dennis Kelly, a wily veteran, but you had been running with other guys, and they'd been pretty solid, and you went with those two guys, and 
Pressure was coming from everywhere. They couldn't handle Bosa. They couldn't handle the rush up the gut. I, You know, it is what it is. Um, you know, and, and again, let me, let me say this, the, the fumble of Mercedes Lewis reminded me a lot. And I said it at the time, reminded me a lot of the fumble of Aaron, Aaron Jones the year prior in the NFC championship game against Tom Brady and company. It just took the wind out of your sails. That's when, that's when your quarterback need, that's when your leader needs to step up and say, it's done. Let, who cares? Let's go. And instead, he he is now uh, nobody's ever won a game or lost a game because of body language. But when you look at Mahomes and you look at Allen and you look at Stafford and you look at Burrow and you look and Burrow got sacked nine times, never fumbled, never threw it away, you know, into the uh, into the opponent's arms. Just it got the hell beat out of him and got up, was clapping his hands. Come on, let's go. You don't see that. You see all these rolling of the eyes and. This walk off with your head down, body language, worst body language guy ever. Whether that's swagger, arrogance, whatever you want to call it. So I put a poll question out the other day and uh, right after the, uh, the show the other night. And I said, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be back? And... 75% of you said, no, you don't think he's going to be back. Now, my next question was... And I put that up this morning. Do you want Aaron Rodgers back? This is the way it's going to happen. If you are Brian Gutekunst, you're probably you've pretty much mended fences with with Aaron Rodgers. So you're probably calling him up. You're probably saying, "Hey," or you're seeing him, you know, at the building. It you know, rough. I get it. Tough day. You know, hey, take some time. Let's uh, let's get together. What do you need from me? What do you want from me? You know, that's the first thing. If you truly are going to mend fences, then you say, what do you need from me? Aaron's probably going to say, I need some time. I'm going to go think. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go, you know, pontificate about whatever. Okay. And then what you do is you call him up and you say, okay, one, do you want to play? Yes, I want to play football. Okay, great. Secondly, um, this is our situation. I need you to take a pay cut. And a substantial pay cut, not like a couple million. I need you to take a substantial, maybe to go three years, 90 million bucks, fully guaranteed, but uh, the base salary in this thing is going to be minimal. And if Rodgers is going to do it, then you've got money to, in some way, shape, or form, to start to scrimp and save and put some things together. And uh, But you're going to have to gut this, this roster, and you're going to have to say this is what it is because we are we, we, we went all in. Can't afford Devondre Campbell. Can't afford uh, Devontae Adams. Some of these guys making buku money. Can't afford Zadarius Smith. Preston Smith for the money. Are we going to pay that? Do we ask Preston to take a pay cut? Do, we, do I mean, all these guys are probably going to be asked, hey, this is the situation. This is where we're at. What do you want to do? Do you want to stay or if you're going to go? Devondre Campbell's earned his money. Then you got to pay Jair. You got him coming up on contract. You got some guys that you need that you can't let get into that final year. So you need to make some moves. And you, you look at Aaron and go, starts with you, man. Let us know. I'm not being a jerk to tell you to pay, take a pay cut because you didn't win. I'm, I'm telling you this is the reality of where we're at. You want to be in on decisions. You want to be and, and feel as if you're part of management. This is what we have to deal with. This is what we got to do. 
You can't be a guy. You can't look at us and say, I want all the money and I want the championship and keep everybody because it just doesn't work that way. You know, they lost a lot of defenders in Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes' contract. Patrick Mahomes still willed that team to an NFC or an AFC championship game. You know, and there, there's some decisions that have to be made. But as a fan, I look at it as if this was the end, if I woke up on Sunday morning and the era of Hall of Fame quarterback play in Green Bay is over, I think back to 2014 when they were the better team and they should have won a Super Bowl. I think back to 1996 and 97. They were the better team. They should have beat Denver. Just really, really arrogant. There should be four Super Bowls in that 30-year that span. And there aren't. There's failures. Two successes, don't get me wrong. And a lot of franchises can't say that. So, I mean, I, I get it. Look, Bears fans are going, oh, you know, 30 years, Hall of Fame quarterback play and only two championships. Show us what you got. You haven't won anything since 85. Vikings fans, go polish your trophy case. Use a lot of Windex because that's all that's in there is windows. That's it. There's nothing there. So I'm not worried about what others say. But as a Packers fan, for what the level of success and expectation is, it's it's disappointing. And now, <laughs> and now it's about to get real disappointing if indeed you are on the Jordan Love bandwagon. Aaron Rodgers has made me look incredibly smart for many years now because I always, just in meeting the guy, talking to the guy, watching him play, he's made me look smart because of the ability that he has. He's, he's the mechanically knowledge-wise, he's the smoothest quarterback ever. I think, he, I think a lot of the time he kind of gets in his own way. Saturday night was one of them. But don't sit here and tell me as a, as a fan, well, they're going to win without him. We'll build a defense. No, you won't. Tell me a team that just built a defense without somewhat of a quality quarterback. Garoppolo is probably the worst quarterback in the postseason right now. But Burrow rose to prominence. Josh Allen, he made his bones. Patrick Mahomes, oh, oh yeah. Matthew Stafford, always been a good quarterback, just needed a good team. Tom Brady brought him back. Tom Brady, going to be 45 this upcoming year. He brought that team back to where Stafford had to go and make a perfect throw downfield to hit him up. What a battle. Rodgers, he went quietly into that good night. But if you think Jordan Love's going to suddenly walk through the door and be good, no way. No way. I'll give you a five-year bet right now that this team does not reach an NFC championship game. Give you a five-year bet right now. A lot of money on it because it's not happening. Not with Jordan Love, it's not. So where to go from here? 877-867-1670. That's the opening statements. That's it. And there's a lot of now what if and what will be. Stay tuned. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
number two on a Monday. Uh, still feel it, don't you? Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show on the air. And uh, thanks to those of you listening to us all throughout the uh, the network, full network boat now. Joining us now on the hotline, our good buddy Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And Eric, uh, I woke up yesterday and still felt a little weird, like it was just too surreal, like wake me up because um, this was not supposed to happen. And, and the way they went down, such a pathetic offensive performance and an even worse special teams. I said during the, sh- the beginning of the show, I said, look, had the offense played bad, the special teams just played good with no mistakes, they win the game or vice versa. But you couldn't have both sides, uh, two-thirds of your team, completely fail miserably and then expect to win this game. And I, I give it up for the defense, but, oh, my goodness. I, where do you want to start? How bad was this offensive play calling? Um, you know, it's really, really interesting. Um, where do you want to start? Boy, you know what? I got a whole list here I could start with. But I guess, I guess the biggest thing that – that I, uh, I want to take a, you know, dive into a little bit is, um, you know what? We've said this before. We've said it for years and years and years. Um, when push comes to shove, uh, this weird uh, mindset of I, I'm only going to throw to one or two guys, especially in the, uh, uh, in a tight game. And, that, that that's the downfall right there. I mean, you look at regular season games, there are six or seven guys that are catching multiple balls during the course of the game. And, um, you know, this, this is one of those games where 12 decided I'm only going to throw it at Adams and I, I don't get it. I, I, there were guys available to throw to, and we, you know, especially everybody wants to look at that, that third down play there in the fourth quarter with four minutes left or whatever it was on the clock when they, when they threw that throw. My goodness, that was that was a terrible throw thrown to a guy that's a double coverage. You got a guy that's, you know, Randall Cobb was actually behind a corner, and there was a guy in the middle part of the field, wide open, nobody within 15 yards, and we throw to the double double covered guy because that's his that's his soulmate or whatever it is. That's the part if you're a fan or if you look at the games a little bit more detailed, that's that's the kind of stuff that's like that drives you nuts. That would drive right. me nuts as an offensive coordinator, you know. I, uh, which I agree. I, I thought it was all of a sudden, here we go again. It's locking on a receiver. It's locking on Devontae. And I, I understand all of that. I did not. And I think AJ, I don't re- think people realize how big the loss of AJ Dillon was. Do you? No, oh, it was huge. It really was. And it, it, as the game, you know, is going, you know, you're up in that box and then you're, I was, looking at a multiple different things, you know, I'm trying to watch um, how Kelly is handling Bozo, which I thought he did a, a, a really good job at um, the one time where he got the Rogers and that, that uh, strip sack or where his helmet hit the ball. It was Kelly. You can, you can point the finger on him. He's supposed to the guy blocking, but he got tripped. He got tripped by, by Lucas Patrick and fell down. And that's how that play happens. It's just weird how those things go, but you know, I'm watching that game again uh, yesterday morning when I get up and <clears throat> I'm in front of the screen watching and watching and yeah, and not having AJ Dillon and and not having that opportunity to be able to pound the ball in uh, certain situations, especially down uh, when you want to pick up a, th- a first down. That's that's pretty huge, and um, it really was a factor in the ball game. And you wouldn't think it would, but it really factored in because 
they, they tried, kept trying to run inside with Jones, and I'm like, I didn't understand why they kept doing that. If you go to that play um, where they started after the after the the blocked uh, um, uh, uh, punt, punt, yeah, and when that series started, it was it was when they got the, the first down when they got the the uh, um, the penalty for illegal man downfield. You could have. You could have had, the whole offensive line was down. It was a it was a run pass option, so the offensive line is running a, a running play. They're all blocking run. The running back is going for the run. He doesn't get the ball. Quarterback picks it up. There's nowhere really to throw the ball. You got your your wide receivers were kind of blocking, and he's like, well, "What's that?" That play was there. That play was designed to bend outside, and that play was there. It was going to go for a ways. Nick Boza was reading pass, and he went flying upfield. There was nothing but green uh, in front of him there. And they, you know, so you dropped the ball there. But earlier in the half, the second half, they tried running inside. You know, I just didn't understand that. You don't have the big bull back there. Just run it outside. Run those, those run some pitches. Run those those uh, wide zone plays where you're going to try to get to the perimeter. And they just didn't do it. And I scratched my head watching that. I mean, I, even as in my position where you're not a fan the tension in that second half, you could have cut with a knife inside that building. It was just an incredible experience. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to be at the Kansas City Bills game last night because it had to be the same way. It was just every play was so important to what was happening. And the way that defense made that fourth and one stop, unbelievable. I mean, that was a thing of beauty. And then three and out. That's just so difficult to swallow. It was, um, I, I referenced a couple of things. Rodgers, now I, I don't give a lot of credence to body language, but when I watched over the weekend Josh Allen, even though he ended up losing, Josh Allen played an incredible game. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady down the stretch, uh, you know Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. I mean, you watch these guys and you see certain, and again, I'm not going to judge guys on you know a three-second sideline shot, but you see these guys in a different aura then you see Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers looked to me um, cold. He looked old. He looked defeated uh, after Mercedes Lewis dropped that uh, that dropped that ball. Uh, but but the next question I have for you is: So was this, in your opinion, was this play calling, or was this going back to the the Aaron Rodgers is going to be his own guy under center and? Whatever's called, it doesn't matter because this is the direction he's going to go. Yeah, I think it's the latter part. Um, that and it solidified it for me in that run. And there was another run pass option that I thought the run game was there. <clears throat> the run was there, and they he pulled it back and tried to throw it. And you know, I just think <clears throat> in that situation they needed to run the football. They needed to do it. They were sitting back in coverage. And uh, your outside guys on the line of scrimmage were screaming upfield, and it was a perfect, perfect play. I mean, you look at um, the play where uh, Rick, it was a minute three on the clock when it was that uh, third down and seven. Packers had their de- their their pass rush defense in. They had three linebackers, a down lineman, and their dime back behind it. And third and seven. How many coaches run the ball on third and seven? Not many, and they did it. Right. And and that was that was the play of the game. That was it right, right there. That's what that was the nail in the coffin. And my guess is if that if it was if roles were reversed, Rodgers would have switched to a pass and thrown the ball. 
you know, so that's kind of a curse when you have a stud quarterback, you kind of, and a guy that's, you're, you're kind of bowing down to a little bit. I mean, you, you want to, what's the old adage, put the ball in the best, in, in your best player's hands at the end of the right. game when you need it, when you need to play. And, he, you know, he's got to run that, that offense. So I, I put it more on Rodgers than I do on, on the play calling. Now, I will say this. That guy on the other side of the field, he can call it one heck of a game. They they decided they were going to run the stinking ball, and that's all they did because they knew it was going to be difficult. And the fact that they won the way they did, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and and they ran the stinking ball. And then I think guy, I think Packer fans in the future, you're gonna. This is what you're gonna see, or at least what you should see the next couple of years as they try to develop love. Is this kind of running game where you're you're overloading the line of scrimmage and then pulling guys over there uh, to make sure they get? I mean, I don't know if you caught this, but they had 71 a tackle playing a wing, putting him in motion and lead, he's yeah. the lead blocker. <laughs> you know, uh, unbelievable. Right. And I think that's the kind of stuff that you know, if you're going to try and develop a quarterback, that's what they're going to have to do now with Love because they can't run the same way they're running now where they're throwing the ball 30 plus times a game. Cause that's, 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 that's going to be disastrous with, with uh, Mr. Love back there. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you can't do that with Jordan Love and, and just, you know, again, it's hard to find a good quarterback. We know that, but Cincinnati found one, Buffalo found one, Kansas city found one. We, we've seen Matthew Stafford now with a good team around him and what he can do. And I thought he might be the biggest detriment to that team getting to an NFC championship game. And he actually, man, he shined when the, when the spotlight was the brightest, we know what Tom Brady can do. And he ended up doing it even in a losing effort. It it seemed like all the quarterbacks that needed to step up, stepped up. And the one that needed to step up the biggest didn't. And that's probably the most stunning thing coming out of that game from the other night, other than the fact that we heard all season long, Matt LaFleur talk about playing starters, talk about getting a handle on the special teams. And, and I guess the most embarrassing moment was the final play of the game with only 10 men on the field, which is to me, absolutely positively unforgivable, not only for Mo Drayton, but for the head coach as well. Oh, um, you know what? Watching that game, those, and that goes to the coaching staff. Because you watched that game, it was they coached it perfectly. They had it down that block field goal. They knew what they were doing there. Yep. You know, if you watch Dean Lowry's playing on the end there, and he, in his job, he's reaching out. It's, it's tough to, uh, for the wing, which was Lancaster, because he's got the inside gap. Which anybody who's ever played football, you know, it's you, you protect the inside gap. And then on that guy who's running outside, you just kind of stick a hand on there. That's exactly what Lowry did. Lowry protected the inside gap, stuck his arm out, except for the guy in front of him. I think it was 92. He he crossed that that guy. He chopped his arm down to make a bigger gap so that guy could get through. And Lancaster never moved. I mean, his feet were like in concrete. Never yeah. moved. When he did, it was way too late. And then on that block punt, they knew that, you know what, Wordle was a little bit light. You know, he's light in the back end there, so they probably can get him, and that's all they did was just bull rush him off the ball and block the punt. That's coaching. That's exactly what coaching is, and Packers just can't seem to get over the hump when it comes to special teams, and it's it's disappointing. And some the other thing that I point to, too, is who is returning punts at the end of the game in the second half? Debo Samuel. You, yeah. got, you got a Mari Rogers who hasn't done anything all year except for disappoint. I, I don't know. Can, I mean, Cobb's been a pretty good punt returner in, in his life. Could you throw him out there? Or 
Um, can you do something to, you know, to get things going? But man, it was just like you, I felt it and I'm sure everybody else felt it too. That was in the stadium that it was just, you're just waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, for the Packers to lose it. And it, you know, every time they ran out there on special teams, it was holding their breath. You know, I don't ever remember going into a football game and having the entire press box almost on their feet every time they punted, the other team punted. Right. Um, or when they punted, because you got Debo Samuel back there. I mean, if that didn't put the hair on the back of your neck, raise up, I don't know what would. Um, just, you know, they, the, the Niners are a super well-coached team. And um, I'll, you know, hats off to Shanahan because that guy is one heck of a coach and get his team prepared. And, and this team was a bunch of guys that all thought that the Super Bowl was their destiny, and it showed. The uh, When you talk about Debo Samuel, you're putting one of your best all-around players, your starter, back there to return a punt. And you got a guy back there that has continually dropped balls all season long who has not been that good, uh, that you're sticking back there because you don't want one of your starters hurt. But the guy across the field from you says, this we're all in. So Debo Samuel is going to be the guy returning punts. I mean, that's the difference in tenacity to win a ball game, in my opinion. I, I totally agree with you. I, I sat there and I'm like, when they said that they um, had activated Cobb, we were sitting there before the, you know, everybody sits up there and shovels food in their mouth before the game starts. And we, I was sitting there, I'm like, Cobb's got to be the punt returner. Why else would you want, you know, I know you're a little bit shorthanded, but I mean, we've seen it. He's, he, he's definitely not the same Randall Cobb he was five years ago, even um, two years ago. And um, uh, I, when they marched out Amari Rogers, I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. I can't. This can't be. Am I seeing this right? I just, I just didn't understand it. I, and I think it's, you know, the attitude going into the game was, you know, hey, we got Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback in the league. And, you know, I just, the Super Bowl was their destiny, their last dance, all this stuff. They just got to show up and play, and they're going to be in. in, in and in the second half was perfect. I mean, my goodness, it was snowing. It was cold. I mean, that is what Green Bay football and playoffs are supposed to be. And they just did not. And on that side of the ball, anyway, they and then special teams, they just did not rise up. It just, I couldn't believe it because the way that defense played was was uh, remarkable. That's the best defensive effort I've seen in many years in Green Bay. Talking with Eric Branchick of the Green Bay Press Gazette. One more before I let you go. Now the question then becomes, what is the off season going to look like? And uh, I, I know everybody's speculating about Aaron Rodgers and such, but I said if you're gonna. The way I'm going about it, if I'm Brian Gutekinds, first thing you want to do is if you're, you know, truly mending the fences with Aaron Rodgers, you say, go do what you need to do, and then we'll talk and say, okay, here's kind of the date, we'll talk again, you know, that type of thing. And then you say, Aaron, first of all, do you want to play? That's the first question. And then secondly, I think you've got to look him as a man-to-man and say, this is all the things that you've stated. This is what we need to do. You know the salary cap situation we're in. I'm bringing you in now as this, this, this general manager side of things. You need to take a pay cut. And it's not because of your play. It's because we can't afford to put guys around you. If you don't want to be a part of a rebuild, then we have to do this to get from point A to point B. And if you can't, I, our hands are kind of tied. I don't know what we're going to do. So do you do that if you're going to handle Aaron Rodgers, just kind of just say here's a very frank and honest conversation, or what do you think happens? Well, you know, I, first of all, I, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I'd be pretty blunt and just say, hey, listen, here's the deal. 
this is a, look. Let's just look at the landscape right now. In the NFC North, you can probably win the division next year with eight or nine wins. I mean, that's the honest truth. You got a new coach in in Minnesota. You got a new coach in Chicago. You got a Lions team that's. You know what? What? How much? How much of a bounce are they going to get? Six? Are they going to win six games next year? Seven games? Eight games? I mean, what's what's the number? It, it isn't going to be thirteen. We know that they don't have a quarterback. They struggle on defense. They don't have. A, they can't do it all in one year. But they can make improvements. I mean, listen, you come back, Mister Rogers. Here's the deal: we're going to win eight games, or nine games, and we're going to win the division, and you're going to be in the playoffs. You can do that. And um, you know, look around. The locker room is going to have a lot of new faces in it. Because we're forty million dollars over the cap, and you're a big reason yeah. for that. You're going to count forty-six million, or hey, you don't want to be part of a rebuild. Well, then maybe you should go to some other team, and we're going to be okay because we're going to be in a division that with Jordan Love, and if we commit to running the football the way we should, um, chances are we're going to win seven or eight games, and we're going to be in the hunt for uh, the NFC North and get in the playoffs up to you here's the decision that you got to make and um you know who knows what he's what's going through his mind there and and, i mean i think he's a smart guy he realizes where the salary cap is but you know what you said about it taking a pick at i don't think he's got the i don't think he'd do it i I just don't think well if he doesn't want to do it then that's then he's he's a hypocrite and he you you got to go anyway i mean because the money has then run out right no, I, I completely agree with that. Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants to win. Right. He, he takes less cash so they can win. He's not going to, yep. you know, if he if he understands that, then, you know, great. Let's come back. Let's restructure. We'll add four years of your contract. We'll knock that number down uh, for the cap next year. And let's let's do the best that we can to get some of these guys in here. You know, if we get, if they could probably do it. If they cut all, you know, rest, max restructure everybody and cut some of the guys that aren't really pulling their weight anymore. Um, still going to, you know, and, and get Adams back. There's not a lot of room for anybody else. Like, there's no Razul Douglas. Campbell's gone. Mason Crosby's gone. Dean Lowry's probably gone. You know, right down the list of guys that ain't coming back. Yeah. But if you yep, restructure, no, we might be able to get Campbell. We could, If you restructure, we could get Campbell. We might be able to keep some of these guys. But you got to be able to restructure. And the, the other guy is, it's got to be Adams. Adams, is, you know, if he wants, I get it. You know, he wants to get big time dollars, but it, 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 you can go, okay, fine. Go sign for Houston and make 30 million a year or some other team. Right. Where would you rather play? Well, that's just it because make money. And, and over the weekend, I had stated this, he did an interview with Westwood one in the NFL network that I don't know if people heard it or not, but he said his career is not complete if he doesn't get to and win a Super Bowl. And that's what his focus is when they asked him about free agency and about coming back to the Green Bay Packers. And and my argument is that's fine if you want to go get paid, you know, twenty six, twenty eight, twenty nine million dollars a year and you want to go someplace. But chances are at this point for that amount of money to a team that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the next three years, you're, that's not happening. So you're right. You're going to end up going to a team maybe that's on the rise. Maybe that's got two years to rebuild. Maybe that's got 70 million bucks like Jacksonville. Go with Trevor Lawrence, see what they can put together, see what kind of a head coach they get. Maybe you'll get to a postseason. But if you're talking about a legitimate right here, right now shot at winning a Super Bowl, I don't know where he's going to go that he's going to get $29 million and that kind of a shot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It isn't going to happen. A lot, of, a lot of guys do that. They leave, they go to these clubs, and then they 
wallow around and at the end of their career when there's not much left in the tank they sign a league uh, minimum contract to go try to win a Super Bowl with somebody you know that's that's where they you know, where they end up being and you know I they can they keep keep the band together pretty much I think they could be pretty pretty successful um you know listen you look at the, the draft picks that uh, Gutekunst has had and uh, the last couple of years geez you know they're gonna have to do it again you know this year right. and, and you know I look at it the glass is half full if Rogers comes back they're gonna they have a chance if the if Rogers doesn't come back they have a chance to make the playoffs I mean the division is that is that down eight games could win that thing maybe nine but yeah. you know you're not at the days of where you're gonna win the north with a 13 win season. You don't need that to win this division next year. Nine, maybe seven. Who knows? I mean, it's not looking good. Um, so the opportunity to win, and just and when you get to the playoffs, you just got to get in. Look at all these other yep. teams. Just get in, and you got a shot. You've and got I, uh, I a few I, teams I like like, like Denver's Denver's forty four million under the cap. Pittsburgh's thirty four million under the cap. Las Vegas is under the cap. Maybe you make a deal, a trade. Maybe you get a quarterback in return, something to that effect. But yeah, it's 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 going to be dicey. Eric, always good stuff. We'll talk again soon, man. Okay. Yeah, I'm. You know, the most disappointing part is is, is I don't get to talk next Monday with you and your and your. Uh, I know. <laughs> Legion of we'll Wars. figure it out though. We'll figure it out because yeah. I'm sure something's going to happen between now and then. We'll wait and see. Man, all right, buddy. Good stuff all season, pal. What's that? Did you watch that Bills game? Did you watch oh, God, Bills yeah. Game? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Was that awesome. Right? Unbelievable. That was incredible. That's what I'm talking about. When you talk about quarterbacks that needed to step up, just about every quarterback did. The only one that didn't was Aaron Rodgers, and that's the most disappointing thing because he's probably going to be handed an MVP trophy for what he did during the regular season. But you look at all the other quarterbacks, and they stepped up when their team needed them the most. And Rodgers, he did the same old, same old, and went quietly into that good night. He's not a leader of men. Sorry. Nope. Nope. Good stuff, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Be good. There you go. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Woefully late for a break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.